are more, so much more than we could ever have planned for, imagined for, wished for. Your love was more than we deserve. Your love continues to care for us and guide us and watch over us, protect us, provide for us. Lord, you, you're so much more. The, the very breath that we take, the fact that our eyes open this morning, the fact that we could walk in here this morning, the fact that we can, can worship you is thanks to you. Everything that we, we see, touch, taste, everything that we are blessed with is because of you. Let us never forget that, Lord. So that's why we sing. That's why we worship you and give all praise, all honor, and all glory to you, God. In Jesus' name we pray and we all say, amen, amen. Can we just give God like a big round of applause? We're not applauding the songs. We're not clapping for anything else. When we clap like this and we raise our hands and sometimes we cry, we get emotional, it's because we cannot believe like, oh my gosh, Lord, you love us, that you want all of us forever? I don't know many people that I want to be around forever. <laughs> he loves all of us, each and every person here, and he wants all of us forever and ever and ever. That to me is unending, unrelenting, unconditional love. That's why. Let's give him a, a clap. Yes, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Woo, and with that love, let's show some people some love, whether it's a wave, a shaka, a hug, high five, or whatever. And online, you can like show love in there and say, hey, I'm watching from wherever you're watching from, and just say, Jesus loves you, all right? It's going to be a fantastic day today. Good morning and welcome to New Hope Church. And I just want to say that I am thrilled to be here. I, you know, I, I see the kids running around outside on the grass area and they're playing and they're, they're being rambunctious and they're being kids. And then we have kids that are running into their um, children's ministry classes and um, having fun with that. And I'm just thinking about how school has started. It's in full swing and, you know, we're moving forward and we're being healthy and I'm so thankful for that. You know, a few weeks ago we had our um, senior prom, our youth had a water day and in a couple of weeks our kids will have a water day out in the field. Um, I see new people coming into the church and I see some, some old friends coming back. And what that tells me is that this church is growing, it's thriving and it's healthy and that makes me so happy and so proud to be a part of something that is continuing to grow and bear fruit. And that's a sign of a healthy, thriving church, is the life that's going on. And let me tell you, if you're in the fellowship hall, in the sanctuary, anywhere on this campus, you see life everywhere. And so I want to thank those of you who have continued to give, those of you who are just starting to give. And if you're thinking like, ah, I'm thinking about giving, I'm not sure, then I just want to encourage you, go ahead and trust the Lord and see what He does. And you'll see what He does, not just in you, not just in our community, but in this church. And so thank you, and I want to encourage you to give, and let's pray. 
Abba Father, thank you so much. Thank you for being the giver of all good things. And so, Lord God, we receive from you all, all these blessings that you give us, and we want to give back to you. And so we give to you and ask that you would um, bless um, what we give, that you would um, expand it and bring it forward so that it would be a blessing in our community, in our state, and even in our nation. And may we begin to establish your kingdom as we trust you and as you use your finances to do the things that you want to do. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Marsha, and thank you for being such a giving church. First of all, it is so good to see you, Sheldon Laxina here, and I am currently at Camp Agape in California. And if you didn't know, I serve two roles in our denomination, which our denomination is called Foursquare, which, by the way, we as a denomination turn 100 years old come January 1st, 2023, next year. And as a church, New Hope Church, we turn 42 years old next year, March. So we will celebrate next year. So the two roles are as lead pastor here at New Hope and as the district supervisor or the Pacific District Supervisor, which means I get to oversee all of our four square churches uh, here in Hawaii with the vision of connecting all of our churches in the Pacific region, like New Zealand, Samoa, Tonga, uh, Japan, Australia, the entire Pacific area. And we also get to plant churches in this region too. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being such a giving and sending church. By the way, uh, Pastor Bunny Correa also serves a dual role, one as our health coach and communications team here at New Hope, uh, well, actually dual roles on staff, as well as our next-gen representative for the Pacific District. So that's like a triple role. Well, she does a lot. So thank you to our wonderful staff, because as a district team, the Pacific District team and staff team here at New Hope, there's no way we could reach the entire Pacific District without their unbelievable hearts and support. So thank you to our staff. You are simply the best. And being here at Camp Agape, well, Agape is a Greek word that describes the highest form of love, charity, and benevolence. In essence, it's God's unconditional love. So we get to serve and love on these children with the love of God. So thank you once again for being a sending church. This is what the world needs today. And one of the most basic needs that we have or need as human beings is to be loved. But the world has nothing to offer. In fact, when it comes to the kind of love we need, God is the only one who can provide that kind of love. So we desperately need God's love. And if we don't get it from God, that kind of love that we need, we're going to look for love in all the wrong places. Sounds like a song that someone could probably write. So let's get our hearts, our spirits, our minds, sharpened and prepared for what God is about to deposit in us today. Let's welcome up Pastor Ben Urbanozo as he comes and shares the Word of God. Pastor Sheldon, yeah, I mean, I, and, and I love the fact that Pastor Sheldon is ca at Camp Agape, and Camp Agape is a camp uh, that focuses on children whose parents may be incarcerated, and so I just love the fact that there's a camp that he's there at right now, and they're just loving on kids with the love of the Father. And you know, uh, growing up, there's a song <clears throat> that I remember listening to when my, when, from my grandma to my mom, 
And I thought, man, it's such a nice song. It has such a simple melody and such a simple message. In fact, I want us to sing that song, okay? So I want you guys to join in so that I'm not the only guy up here singing, if that's cool, okay? It's a very simple song. Many of you may know it. It goes, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little love. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. Yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. Look at you guys. Yeah, awesome. <clears throat> you know, that's such, a, that's such an amazing song with such a simple but very powerful message. Because, like Pastor Sheldon was saying, perhaps one of the most basic needs that we have as human beings is the need to be loved. But the thing is, the world will never meet our expectation of the love that we so desperately need. It's the only thing that there's just so little of. But God satisfies this need through his son, Jesus Christ. And the love that Jesus brings not only meets the needs of some, but for you, for me, and for everyone. And I don't know about you, but when you take a look at what's taking place in the world today, there is such a longing for love. I mean, the world, this world is littered with hate and hurt and hopelessness. And while the concept of love is what the world hungers for, its own version of love will often leave an empty void in our hearts and in our souls. Because the love that the world needs does not come out of this world. Instead, it came to this world. That's why it says it in John three sixteen: For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16 may be the most famous scripture ever written in the Bible because of its, it's all talking about God's love. You see, the love of God isn't something that the world just so happens to need right now. It's also something that, honestly, we need as well. Because we don't just need love. We also need Jesus. So turn to the person next to you and let them know you need Jesus. Okay, don't point at them. Don't be condemning him like, hey, you need Jesus. Some of my friends over here, they need Jesus. They know who I'm talking about. <laughs> but why you need Jesus. And here's the reason why we need Jesus. If you're taking notes in our app, there's a section where you can, uh, there's fillable notes. The reason why we need Jesus is number one is this. Because with Jesus, we understand that we're called to be loved. With Jesus, we understand that we're meant to be loved. Uh, this past week, I was blessed to speak on Wednesday night as well as this morning. Unfortunately, however, this week also, my twins, my, my son and my daughter, uh, Luke and Leah, who are three years old, they also got sick. And so uh, I'm at home trying to work on the messages for Wednesday night and for this morning, and my son is, is watching his iPad and watching something on the iPad and he turns to me and he's like, dad, I want this. Now, my son is three years old, which means one simple thing. Although he speaks English, I don't understand it. 
okay, because he's three years old. And so he's like, Dad, I want this. And I'm working. I'm like, Lord, give me, give me what words I need to use for this message. And he's like, Dad, I want this. I'm like, no, Luke, you don't need it. No, not right now. Daddy's working. And so my son, who's three years old, who's not feeling better, not feeling good, he's like, I'm like, son, I don't even know what you're saying. Stop. Let me work on this. And then he decides to go off. And he starts to just whine and complain. Like, no, I want this. No, I want that. And I'm like, I'm working on my... Lord, take me now. Lord, just take me now. Just, just take me. Like, ah, this my son is yelling at me. He's whining. He's hitting octaves that my, my ears are going, ah. And so I'm like, stop, 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 stop. And then all of a sudden, through all that turmoil, I hear the Lord say, just grab your son. No, 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 not like grab my son like that, but... Because I know some of you guys are like, oh, what? The Lord said, grab, no, he said, grab your son and hug him. So I grabbed him, and he's, he's like, ah, come here, Luke. And, he, ah. and so I hug him, I'm like, okay. And he's like, because what your son needs to know is that even though he's whining, although he's not feeling good, that daddy loves him. So I'm like, okay, come here, Luke. And so he starts to calm down. And I'm like, oh, like, Luke, why don't you just listen? And as soon as I say that, the Lord speaks and says, right now what you're witnessing is how you are with me some, a lot of the times. How come you no listen? <laughs> how come you whining? Why do you complain? See, right now your son is not just learning the love of a father. He's also seeing the love of the father. And I realize that there's a lot of times that I come to the Lord and I'm whining and I'm complaining. I'm throwing tantrums. Lord, I want this. No. I want that, no. And I just start stomping my feet, and all of a sudden, it's like he's saying, he, he keeps looking at me, he's like, I get it, you're whining, you're complaining, but guess what, I still love you. I still love you. In fact, he holds us and says, I love you. See, I think perhaps one of the biggest reasons why the world needs love, why it so desperately needs love, is because we've forgotten, we've forgotten that we are loved by the one who is love. 1 John 4.16 says it like this. It says, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. Can you read these next three words with me? Ready? Go. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. See, I love those three words. God is love. See, God doesn't just love us. He is love. God loving God, love isn't something God just does. It's who He is, and His love is a love that you cannot find in the world. You can only find it from God. As Pastor Sheldon was saying, saying in the in the welcome, that Greek that word agape is actually Greek, and it can be summarized as the perfect and unconditional love of God. And what's so amazing is that it's also the reciprocal love that we have for Him. 1 John 4, 9, 10, it says, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. See, we don't just need Jesus. We also need to understand one simple thing, and if there's anything you leave with today, I hope it's this. 
that you are loved. So the person that you said you need Jesus to, can you turn to them and say, you are loved? Why is it more quiet when he says you are loved, but when he says you, are, you need Jesus, like, you need Jesus, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. Like, don't you think, like, 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 honestly, shouldn't we be yelling? Like, you are loved. You are loved. See, that, that's the thing. We got we to gotta be, be speaking that out loud. We got to be speaking that out loud. We, can't, we shouldn't be hiding. You're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. You need Jesus. You're loved, you're loved. You know, we got to be sharing that you are loved because that's, that's who God is calling us to be. You see what's so amazing that's different about the way God loves us and the fact that God is love is unlike how love is so often defined in this world where we must, we must fulfill something in order to be loved. I mean, think about it. The way the world works, it says that you need to do this or you need to be that in order for me to receive love, right? Like how many times have we heard, oh, but if you love me, you would do this, Right? Oh, I thought you loved me, so how come you did that? See, unlike that definition of love that's found in the world, God doesn't just love, he is love, and more importantly, he wants us to know his love. God, God the Father sent Jesus the Son to not only die for our sins, but to be the representation of the infinite and unconditional love that he has for us. See, Jesus came so that you and I would know and understand what it means to be loved. Again, if there's anything you're going to leave here with today that I pray this stays with you for all of eternity is this, that you are loved by God. In fact, you and I are so loved by God that our identity is no longer found in our actions, but rather in the love of Jesus. 1 John 4, 7 it says this, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. But do you see that first word in that scripture? Beloved. Beloved. See, I love how John writes, Beloved, let us love one another. In fact, he's, he's identifying you and I who we are called to be. That we're called to be loved. That's why he says beloved. You and I are called to be beloved and be loved. That's our identity. That's who we are in Jesus. And when we understand that, man, it just does something in us. It transforms our lives. But here's the thing. Many people have forgotten that they are beloved and to be loved. Maybe one of them is you. Maybe you've experienced situations or circumstances in your life that maybe has left you bitter. Maybe it's left you broken. Maybe it's left you feeling beaten. Maybe there's sin and shame that, that has caused you to feel rejected and guilty and unworthy to be loved. I mean, I'm going to be honest. There's times in in my life where I felt that, even after, knowing, even after coming to know Jesus, that there's times where I felt like, Lord, I don't, I don't deserve your love. I'm not, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough to be loved by you. 
But didn't we just sing this morning, Jesus, you are more than enough? See, Jesus is more than enough to love us even if we think we're not good enough. He loves us, and that's more than enough. And what's so amazing that there's a story in the Bible, and I love this story. Every time I read it, it just, it breaks my heart and just reminds me of who God is. In John 8, there's a story of a woman who gets caught in the act of adultery. And so, uh, because of the law of Moses, the law of Moses, which is also the Ten Commandments, it says, you shall not commit adultery. Well, this woman has been found caught, caught in the act of adultery. And the religious leaders, they bring this woman out of the house and bring her in front of the town. And Jesus is there because Jesus is actually speaking to the town. And, and so the religious bring her, bring her in front of Jesus. And they tell Jesus, listen, this woman right here was caught in the act of adultery. And according to the law of Moses... Because she is guilty of committing the act of adultery, she is sentenced to death by us throwing rocks at her until she dies. And then they look at Jesus and they go, Jesus, what do you have to say about that? But I want you to picture something. I want you to imagine the woman in that moment. I want you to imagine the woman who was caught in the act of adultery and is brought out and how embarrassing it, may, it must be for her to be brought out in front of her town. This is people, the crowd is now surrounding. There's probably people that she knows, people that she loves that's in that crowd. And her sin, her shame is now all on display for everybody to see. How embarrassing she must be feeling right now. The religious leaders are hounding her you were caught in the act of adultery. They're pressuring her. They're not showing any grace or in anything else, no mercy. Can you imagine how rejected she must be feeling? She was caught in the act of adultery. In order to commit the act of adultery, there's two people that have to be involved. But only one is brought out. It's almost like, don't worry about the other person. Right now, you're guilty. It's all on you. How isolated she must have felt. There's no even thinking, there's no even doubting what the sentence is going to be. They already said it. And now she's in front of this, this man that she's been hearing stories about. She's been hearing the, the, the miracles and the wonders and, and his teachings about heaven and God. But if this man is surely of God, then he's going to probably sentence her to the same conclusion, the same consequence. I can just imagine her. She's on the ground, tears probably running her eyes, thinking this is the last thing she's ever going to witness. The fact that she's rejected, guilty, and unworthy. So she looks at this man named Jesus, and she's expecting to hear the words, you're guilty. But what happens next is, this man Jesus doesn't say a word. He just sits down on the ground. Starts writing in the dirt. And all this woman is waiting for the words of, you're guilty, you're guilty, you're unworthy, you're done. But the thing she hears next is the muttering of this man Jesus towards the religious leaders. She hears, she hears him say something to them. She can't quite make it out, but she can hear it. And the next sound she hears is the sound of the stones that were in their hands dropping to the ground followed by the sounds 
of their footsteps walking away from her. And then the next voice she hears is this, and it's found in John 8, 10 to 11. Then Jesus stood up and again said to, and Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said, neither do I go and sin no more. See, I, I love that because right there, in that moment where this woman is feeling guilty, unworthy, rejected, isolated, embarrassed, where she's thinking, there's no way, I'm not being good enough, I'm bad. I'm being caught in the act of sin. I'm sentenced to death. And yet, she doesn't hear, you're guilty. She hears, go and sin no more. In other words, Jesus is saying, yes, the law says that you're supposed to pay the price, but I'm telling you, I've come to fulfill the law by the love I have for you. In other words, he's saying to that woman, as he's saying unto you and I, yeah, you might feel guilty, you might feel rejected, you might feel unworthy, you might feel whatever you feel, but nothing separates us from the truth that you are loved. See, Jesus came to fulfill the law of God by becoming the love of God to each and every one of us. To let us know that no matter who, what, where, when, or why, we are to be loved by God because we are his beloved children. And that in his love, as we receive his love, as we understand that we are called to be loved, it can transform and change our lives. You know, Pastor Sheldon shared with us that he's at Camp Agape in California. And again, like I said, that's a camp where uh, they focus on all the children whose parents are incarcerated. But one of the questions I always asked was, but what about those who are incarcerated? Like, can you imagine what, what they might be going through? I mean, they're prisoners. They're in prison. And they know they're guilty. They know they've done things. What about them? And then I realized something, that although they might be, there might be people in physical and uh, literal prisons, there are many people, people imprisoned by their own shame, their own, their own uh, lack of self, self-worth, their doubts, their fears. That there's a lot of people that are in prison. What about them? What, if, what about those who, are, who do feel guilty? What about those who do, who do feel rejected? How about those who do feel unworthy? And then I came upon this clip featuring Maverick City Music, and Maverick City Music is a Christian uh, group that's kind of been getting very popular. And a couple months ago, they went into a prison where over 1,300 prisoners were with them as they recorded this song. Now, because of copyright, uh, copyright claims and stuff like that, we can't show it online but there's going to be a link that you guys online can, you guys can click on. You guys can see the whole clip. But for you, those of you here in person, I want to show you a clip of this song. And I want you to take a look at the words that not only Maverick City is singing, but even those inmates. Take a look.
I think for me, my favorite part in that clip right there is when you see the prisoners and you see the people that's incarcerated. They know what they've done. They know why they're there. Their family, their friends, they probably know why they're there too. Society might know why they're there. But although they might know why they're there, it's in that moment where they're raising their hands saying, I am the one you love, that they're reminded that even them are meant to be loved. And in the same way, you and I here, you and I online, we're meant to be loved. We're called to be loved. And what's so amazing is that when we understand that, when we let that, when we let that take place in our heart and it lets, we allow it to transform us from the inside out, we get to do the second part, is to be love. Because you and I are called to be loved, but we're also called to be love. 1 John 4, 19 to 21 says, We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. See, understanding that Jesus calls us to be loved empowers us to love others for Jesus. I want to say this right now. We can't just settle for being loved by God. I mean, that's great. It's great to understand that, yes, we are loved by God, but we can't just stay there. We can't just settle for that because Jesus wants us to be so loved by him that it pours out into the lives of those around us. See, Jesus wants us to grasp this wholeheartedly because what the world needs now is people who are beloved by God to be loved of God into this world. Uh, I have a couple of friends who they do the night market on Friday nights down at uh, downtown Hilo. And it's pretty cool because there's a lot of vendors there. And so a lot of people from the community show up and it's, it's a lot of fun. And so a couple months when they were doing it, we we're hanging out. And there was this one Friday night, I'll, free, I'll never forget, uh, we were, it was towards the end of the night, end of the night, and so we're kind of breaking down, and one of the other food vendors comes, and, and I was like, hey, I, I, have a, I have a bento that uh, we just have extra, you know, we're gonna, so we just wanted to give it to you, and he gave it to my friend, and so he's like, oh, thanks, you know, so much, and so he, he puts it on the side, and I'm like, now, first of all, I've heard who this vendor is. I was looking forward to try his food, but I never got a chance to try his food. Second, I never eat that night. So when he brought that bento, I was like, hey, get my name, because it's a bento. So it's mine, right? Like, hey, hey. I, so I'm like trying to tell my friend, hey, oh man, I'm, I'm so hungry. Like, whoo, and we'll get in that bento. And he's like, oh, yeah, oh we'll get in that, oh, Korean chicken. Oh, I love Korean chicken. Like, I love Korean chicken. Like, oh, I never eat nothing all night, bro. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, cool, cool, cool. So I see the bento on the side, and so we start breaking down. We start breaking down the tent and all this stuff. And I see my friend leave with the bento in his hand. And I'm like, first of all, bro, I said I was hungry. Second, I stay helping you break down. Like, bro, like, at least, I mean, let me have half of it at least. Like, I'm like, come on, I'm hungry, dude. And so I'm, I'm thinking all that, breaking down. And then I see my friend walk across the street with the bento. And he gives it to someone who was sleeping on the street that night. And I thought to myself, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, oh, man, I really wanted that bento. <laughs> but you know what? That person needed it way more than I did. And then for the, uh, and, and 
And it's just a reminder that, Lord, you call us not just to be loved, but to be loved. In fact, uh, for those of you who don't know, we have, we're, getting, we're getting ready for the extension in downtown Hilo. Um, some of you guys have been hearing about it, that we've been praying about it. And so uh, we went down as a staff a couple weeks ago to just kind of check it out, kind of do some cleanup, look at what you need to bring in, what needs to be fixed, and all this and that. And then as a staff, we went walking around the community just to pray and just to just, you know, just pray for people, just uh, cover downtown Hilo in prayer. And so as I was walking, I kind of went by myself and I was walking around. I was just like, Lord, show me what, what you want me to see. Show me what you want me to see. And what he showed me is this. He said, this community right here is hungry for me. In fact, I told Pastor Sheldon like this. This community is so hungry, it'll eat whatever is given to it. So if, we're gonna, if, if people are giving it junk food, that's what they're going to eat. But we have the bread of life that we can bring it. In fact, it remind, and then that actually reminded me of a, a project that we did a couple years ago in youth ministry where uh, it was a Sunday afternoon. I think it was right before Thanksgiving. And so we did a pro- video project where Sunday afternoon a- after church, we went down to uh, the Bayfront and walked. The difference is, was I changed out of my clothes and wore raggedy clothes. And then I, I, put on a, I put on a hoodie, and then the last thing was I put on a wig to hide my face. So I ripped up my, I ripped up my shorts and my, my jeans and all that, and I, and I was just walking downtown. And can I tell you this when I cannot explain to you how it felt to see people look at me and then look away. It was, it was, all, it was just crazy, seeing people walk towards me, see me, and then walk around. I actually went into some businesses, and while there were some businesses that were understanding, a lot of people in the business were eyeing me out, like, "What are you doing here?" And so I found myself making my way to the bandstand. And as I made my way to the bandstand, there were people there. And you, you probably know what the kind of people I'm talking about. In fact, it was kind of interesting because when I got there, I could immediately feel all their, their uh, sensors going off. Like, hey, who's this big guy coming to the bandstand? Because I'm encroaching onto their, their territory. So I get there and I'm just, and I, can I, I, I'm so broken. And so I saw some of them, and I knew some of them, and so I walked towards them, and I was like, hey, guys, and like, hey, how's it going, bro? Who are you? And so I took off my wig, and I took off the, hood, the hoodie, and one of them said, hey, Pastor Ben. And I looked at them, and I said, man, I, it, today, I, told, I explained to them what we were doing there, and I explained to them, man, I had no idea this was, like, for real until I was put in your position and put into this position of feeling what you guys must feel. And I'll never forget, one of them said this. They said, now you know. See, it's crazy that we can easily say our community needs love, but man, when you walk in those shoes of those who don't feel loved, man, you understand even more so why Jesus calls us not just to be loved, but to be love into our community. 
Now you may be going, I cannot do that. I know I'm a pastor. And if that's your, if that's your answer, good. You don't got to be a pastor. You don't got to be a pastor. You don't got to be a ministry leader. You know what? You got, you, all you got to be is this. All you got to be is this. Imperfect. And I don't know about you, but I can do that really well. Just ask my wife and my kids and my family and my friends. Anyway, but that's all it takes. Because listen, here's the best thing about the love of God. The perfect love of Jesus is found in imperfect people. And Jesus chooses us. He chooses us imperfect and flawed people not to not only be loved, but to be loved and share his love to others. I mean, I love it when Jesus rose from the dead right before he ascended into heaven. He had a conversation with his disciple Peter. And his disciple Peter is the same Peter that uh, witnessed Jesus do his miracles. He was the one that uh, said that, Jesus, you are the Messiah. He was also the same Peter that denied Jesus three times before he went to the cross. And in this conversation with, with Peter, Jesus didn't look at Peter and said, you denied me. He didn't say any of that. Instead, Jesus asked Peter three times, do you love me? And in John 21, 17, it says the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. It's almost like Jesus was saying, do you really love me? Do you love me? Do you accept that you are loved by me? Yes? Okay, now go love others. Go love others. Go and tend to my flock. Go and care for my sheep. Go and love others. See, in that, Jesus is not only asking Peter if Peter loves him, but to understand that Jesus not only loves Peter, but wants Peter to share the love of Jesus to everyone else, to his family, to his friends, to his loved ones, to his workplace, to his school, to the community, to the world. Perhaps my life scripture is found in John 13, 35, 36. And I love this. It says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. In that scripture, in those two sentences, Jesus says it three times, love one another. See, as Jesus has loved us, so we must love one another. We must not only live our lives being loved by Jesus, but also live our lives being the love of Jesus to others. But it's not going to always be easy, but it's going to be worth it. The challenge for us is going to be, can we forgive as Christ has forgiven us? Can we be compassionate just as Christ is compassionate with us? Can we serve just as Christ didn't come to be served, but served? Can we love as Christ loves us? See, the perfect love of Jesus that the world so desperately needs is found in imperfect people like you and me. 
We can't hide that we are loved by God. We shouldn't hide that we're loved by God. But instead, use every platform in our lives to showcase our relationship with God and the love that he has for all of us. Like I said, uh, the Hilo Town Market a couple of weeks ago, our members of our worship team were actually able to go down and had an opportunity to sing some songs. And, and what I love about it was at the end of the night, uh, their Hanaho songs, they're singing all kinds of songs. They're singing local songs and country songs and some other songs. But at the end of the night, when it came to the Hanaho, and everybody knows Hanaho is a big deal when you're performing, Right? Because when the, group, the band ends, everybody knows you're going to yell, Hanaho! And so when the Hanaho came, these guys uh, sang this song. And in it, not only did they sing a song, but they got to showcase the fact that they're loved by God and also an opportunity to share that love with others. Take a look. You are my champion. The giants fall where you stand undefeated Every battle you've won And I am who you say I am And you crown me with confidence I am seated In the heavenly place undefeated With the one who has conquered See, what the world needs now, what the world needs now isn't just love, but it's the love of Jesus. Why? Because he's our champion. There's nobody that can love greater than Jesus. And the love that Jesus has for us is way different than the love of the world will ever, ever be. In fact, read this with me in 1 Corinthians 13, 8. This is why God's love is far different from anything else. Because these three words, ready, go. Love never fails. That's right. Love, when it comes to God, never fails. Because God never fails. See, it didn't fail. It didn't fail when God sent his son Jesus to be born in a manger. It didn't fail when Jesus went to the cross and died for our sins. It didn't fail on the third day in the tomb because the stone was rolled away. It didn't fail doesn't fail and it will never fail and that's the kind of love that the world needs not just for some but for everyone amen would you bow your heads with me as we pray lord god we just come before you right now and lord we are so thankful so grateful for who you are because lord you're not you're not a god that just loves you are a god that is love you are love it is defined by who you are and even more so by what you did for us. That you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross, to rise from the grave, to give us victory, to give us life eternal, but most of all, to be a reminder that you love us. Lord, that's what the world needs. The world needs your love. It needs Jesus. And the truth is, Lord, some of us, it's not just the world that needs you, it's us. It's our own personal world that needs you. 
And so, Lord, there may be some of us here that maybe we've never received you into our lives as Lord and Savior, but our heart is crying out that we choose you because we want to be loved. You're what we need. And so if that's you, I'm going to say this simple prayer. And as, you, as I say, you just repeat it after me, but you say it with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead to give me eternal life because you love me. Transform me and make me into who you called me to be. To be loved and to be your love. Thank you, Lord, that you love me. In Jesus' name. Lord, there may be some of us that maybe we do know your love, but Lord, that's all we have. And so, Lord, it's by your love that we, we also want to be empowered to go into this world and be love, be a representation of who you are because, Lord, what the world needs now is people who are loved by you to be examples of your love. So, Lord, would you be with us? We love you, Lord. We thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' name, and we all said, amen, amen. If you said yes to Jesus for the first time, I want to congratulate you. You made the best decision of your life. Tell somebody about it. That's the first step. Just share that. Share that with somebody. I received Jesus. All right? Don't forget that you are called to be loved and go be loved into the world. We'll see you guys this Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m. as well as next week Sunday, 7, 8.30 and 10 a.m. God bless everybody. Take care. And